Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. So Diana, I know that you have some news to share and you gave me a quick preview through a text message, but it sounds like Clark is home safely from his travels, which is wonderful. And it sounds like there's some other update or change or shift or something that happened. Please share. So as soon as Clark got back from Israel and that all was fine, went fine. As soon as he got back, then we went the very next day to go visit family because we only had this like short period of time. And while we're visiting family, we were having a discussion about college and grades and things like that because Clark does not love school and we were looking at some schools on music schools because he loves music that he want to get into and talk about like what GPAs and things like that and I kind of offhandedly said well you know you can always play the T card when it comes to your grades meaning the transgender card And he said, yeah, I was thinking about it. And I almost fell off my chair because remember, he's like Mr. Non-Disclosed, lips are sealed, not telling a single soul. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And I kind of like, I didn't want to say anything more. It's like, don't make any sudden movements. I'm not sure what's happening here. (laughs) So... And so I just said, yeah, because, you know, there is a certain level of anxiety, especially if you talk about being non-disclosed, of trying to concentrate on school and your work at the same time, thinking about how you're interacting with the world, who's looking at you, what do people know, and that constant assessing of the environment around you does take its toll and take some of your concentration away. He's like, yep. And that was that. Hmm. I've been on this journey long enough to know, don't say too much (laughs) at once. But I was so curious, like, wait, how did we get from don't breathe a word to I'm going to put it in my college essay? (laughs) (laughs) So I waited till the next day and the next evening at night, we'd say goodnight to the family and we'd pull out my computer and we'd watch a show that we love on Netflix together that had just come out with a new season and when we finished watching as many as we're going to watch that night I said hey I wanted to ask you about I was really surprised to hear you say you would put that in your college essay and he's like yeah I've told a few friends okay if I wasn't already (laughs) he said he's told a few friends yes (laughs) oh my goodness I've fallen out of my chair again, but I am the queen of composure when I need to be. (laughs) So I was like, really? Like, how did this come to be? Tell me all things. And he told me there were three friends, all of whom, like, I know who they are because he told me their names. And I asked who was first. And so how that came to be was this friend of his 
who's a couple years older than he is from his high school. And that one time over social media, like personal messaging, has said, can I ask you a personal question? Are you cisgender? I thought, well, that's a weird question. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who goes around asking that? Mm-hmm. I said, what do you think about that question? He's like, I don't know. And he said, I had, you know, because it was on social media, I had a moment to think about it. But also knowing that the other person already knew that Clark was there, you know, because he had been messaging. And so he was active in the conversation. The other person. Yeah. Okay. So he said he paused for a second, thought about it. Because in the past, anytime anyone's asked him and even said, like, I heard from someone at your old school that the wording they would use, this makes me cringe, but they'd say, you used to be a girl and he would always deny it. One time he said they even saw a yearbook picture with his birth name and he just said it was a cousin. So it was so fascinating to me that in this instance with, you know, allegedly no background, just this random question that he thought for a second and then he just decided to say, no, I'm trans. And so again, (laughs) no sudden movements. I'm like, don't let your jaw hit the floor. <laughs> Ruin the moment. <laughs> so I want to know who else. And it was two of his closest female friends. He couldn't remember who he told first. He couldn't remember how he told them or how it came up. But he decided to tell them. And all the, the three people make sense. They're the, probably his three closest friends and feeling safe with them. And I asked him how he thought it affected their relationship. And I worded that way because I thought it could go either way, right? Like they could be closer or they could be further. He's like, I don't think it really did at all. Okay. Huh. And the only question I had is one of them had originally invited him over for a sleepover one time with another female friend until her mom caught wind of it. And then was like, no. So what were the, the genders of the kids planning a sleepover? So it was going to be girls. a multi. Okay. So it was going to be two girls and Clark mm-hmm. as a boy. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, did that friend know at the time? Had you already told her at that point? Because I crossed my mind when he said, oh, you know, my friend wants me, she wants me to come over for a sleepover with her other friend. And I was like, thinking in my head, did he tell her? <laughs> you know? And he's like, I don't really remember, but I'm also gay. So I think that's why it was totally fine. And I'm like, eh, makes sense. <laughs> Meaning that there was a feeling or a sense of safety that there wouldn't be any consideration or concern around. Yeah, from the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm really curious, Diana, did you get any feel for how recent these yes. conversations? Okay, because it sounded like maybe it had happened a while ago, the way you were articulating. Okay. The first one he said was in June. Okay. Meaning in June. He doesn't really remember all the rest. <laughs> This is what I know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm crossing that line in too many questions. When all of a sudden it goes to, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, so it's just this summer. Yep. And I can't even begin to tell you the relief I felt. Now, before I continue, I just want to say this to 
any of our listeners that know our identities and know our family, this is not okay for us to share. And that's for me too. Like in the sense, it's like, oh, okay, well, Clark's open. Now I can tell other people at Clark. No, we Clark can't. Clark is still undisclosed. Yeah, he decides who to tell. He's decided those three. He's decided not to tell anyone else. And so I will still live by that. He, I will live by it with all of them, you know? He decides who gets to know. I don't get to decide that for him. It's not an open book. So I just want to make that very clear. But there is a relief of like, okay, he can handle this. Like there was a point in time where I thought he would crumble the pure feeling, nervousness, worry that would come over him at the thought of anybody knowing even his closest friends seemed like it would destroy him. So that's where my relief comes. Like, okay, he's right or wrong. My thought is he's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I sense as you're telling the story too, what comes over me is this sense of his acceptance and authenticity in his identity. Yeah. And he even said to me, as I was, I think he knew I was surprised. And he said, well, mom, I'm kind of getting to a point where I really don't give a blank about what other people think about me. Yeah, beginning to notice that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, was that a surprise? Or it sounds like there have been other evidence of his independence in that space. I mean, yeah. What I do see is that I I think he's willing to express himself as himself. I had to tease him when he said, well, I'm gay, you know? And I was like, oh, well, I thought you didn't like labels because I had kind of had to have that conversation with him before. (laughs) And that had been his response. I don't really like labels. And so he, he just laughed. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I really sense this settling into his authentic self. Yeah. And it felt kind of like a celebration. I think that's been my worry. Like I've respected what he's wanted and I wouldn't do it any differently. And I think he's able to be here tell those friends with comfort because of that space given to him. Having said that, there was a fear for me from the time he was, I don't remember how old he was, but that first time he said, I'm just a boy. I don't see myself as transgender. This fear of just the anxiety of it all destroying him the secrecy which we've talked about before being secretive rather than private i feel like i can feel more comfortable that he's entering the realm of private i just don't want people to know and so there's some relief there i was also fearful of like he wouldn't take pride in himself and i interpret this as starting to feel pride in who he is and I will say there are limits. I did test him a little bit on a different day. I asked him, you know, had he ever thought about telling Dinah? Dinah thinks he's the only one in the family. You know, he kind of started closing up when I asked him. And this was on a, you know, a different day. He started kind of closing up saying, well, no. I get a short you know, one syllable answers, no. 
So I'm not saying you have to. I was just curious because how do you think he'd respond? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know either, actually. I don't know if he'd want to talk about it a lot to process it. It's possible. He might not. I don't know. But I wonder what it'd be like for him to know that he's not alone. Hmm. Actually, I don't think I said that last part. I think that part was in my head because I didn't want to feel like I was guilting him into it. I just I just said, I don't know what he'd do either. But that's up to you when you're ready, if you want to tell him. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it'll mean a lot to him. But when you're ready. Yeah. No, the end of that. <laughs> the end of it. If you're open to it, I'm curious to explore the angst I was sensing from you in this distinction between the secrecy versus the privacy. I mean, I don't know what's in his head, but I didn't get the sense it was constant. But when it came, it was strong. This idea of like, what if people find out? And it went back to that period of time during COVID isolation of the fear of physical violence. And I would tell him back then, you are going to have to say it at some point. Because you have, like, if you decide to date somebody or when you are navigating healthcare without us, you are going to sometimes have to say something. And I would worry about that. Would he be ready? Would he be able to do that? So I definitely think there is. And that's what that amazing therapist had taught us. You know, there's that difference of secrecy, privacy, secrecies of feeling. It creates anxiety, kind of what you're saying. And I definitely saw it live in action with Clark. So it feels like there's a layer of that. Uh, it's not it's not totally gone, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But a layer of that gone. That, and I think the confidence, like once you do it, not that it'll ever not be there, but it does get easier. Because I think of like myself, and I don't know how you feel, Joy, but even now, if I have to tell anybody, healthcare office, I still brace myself. I still don't like to do it because I'm worried what's the response going to be. But it's better than it was when I started. But there's still an ounce of not feeling amazing getting ready to do it. Yeah. I, have a similar experience in that I question whether the information will be understood. Meaning like, so back when Samantha was very ill, the summer of 2020, we took this trip and she had the appendix rupture and we were in the hospital in Montana for 17, 18 days. I remember there were providers we engaged with that I told in this very emergent situation, I just put it out there right away, that really didn't know what that even meant. You know, I would say Samantha's transgender. And I sort of saw this like blank look on their face. And I said, well, she was born with a penis, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was identified as male at birth. And so then they were like, oh, okay. But I swear I had that sense from people that they really had no idea what that meant. And that was sort of this really like this exhaustion, kind of this whole like, oh my gosh, how much education do I need to do? What is that going to mean for how they provide care to my child? Do they judge me and my child now? Are they able to still show up in a professional way to support my kid with whatever they need? Yeah. 
to me, that's the exhaustion. It's all the worry that goes with it and trying to prepare for everything that might come our way. All that to say, I don't think it all goes away, but it does get better. So I don't know, because Samantha's not out, right? No, she's very much undisclosed. And I believe there are a couple people that know, but I don't think she actively talks with her friends. I think they know again from all the way back to like 4K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think she's brought it up with them since, or she hasn't told me mm-hmm. that that's the case. So at some point in a future episode, I'll be excited to share with you and our listeners a similar story. Fingers crossed, I hope too, as the one you're sharing today about Clark. Yeah, because that's what I was wondering is how do you feel about her decision to be non-disclosed? I think we might have talked a little bit about this at some point. And it feels almost selfish to say it, but I wish, like even from the get-go, part of me wishes that she were disclosed so we could own that identity and we could advocate actively and live our authentic selves. Right. And I say that because like grass is always greener, right? Like. It just feels like that would be better. And I have no idea what that would really mean if that's the path that it had taken, right? I'm sure there are all kinds of different challenges that we would be talking about in this podcast, but that's what I think sometimes. And I really appreciate and look honestly to your mentorship around this concept of, gosh, let kids be, let them be in the moment of who they are and explore their own version of their authentic identity and when they're ready to communicate about it. I do wonder if I had influenced her, right, and how she chose to do this, if I created the fear that maybe led to a sense of need to be secret or private. And so there's all these things we think about as parents, right, of, oh my gosh, how did I show up in the moment? And were those the best way to be supporting her and all this stuff, right? There's so many things I'm sure we would like to do differently, but I'm, I'm hopeful that as she continues to grow up as a kid in this crazy world, she'll figure out what is important to her in terms of being authentic and feeling safe and coming up with language to advocate for herself and ask for what she needs, even from me and Hugh as her parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just have to say all those questions you had about like, did I do something? I think we've talked about that. I have asked myself that question many times. And, you know, I find myself approaching Dinah differently because of that. I do still ask, and I think this is so important. I do still ask him, hey, do you want me to tell, do you want me to say something? And there are times where he surprised me and said, no, don't say anything. Hmm. And there are times where he's like, fine. So. And then there's times like the awesome incident you shared in the playground (laughs) or whatever at the family event where he says to his friend, no, I'm, I'm a boy and I'm transgender. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that continues. So. But we shall see. Yeah. 
Until then, to me, today is a celebration. Yes. That is very exciting. I'm very excited for you and Clark and celebrating this true essence of authenticity and pride. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see where it takes us. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.